Today on the Inside Scoop, five-star edge Colin Simmons is going to be in Austin this weekend for his visit to Texas. On three's number one overall, Dylan Stewart is taking a very important official visit. And we're going to go to Gainesville to see what has been popping over the last seven days. But first, let's preview a few important official visit weekends. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman for this. Before we get going, I need everybody watching. Do me a favor. Subscribe to the On3 YouTube channel right now. It's about to get fun. All right, Sam, let's start with key Alabama official visitors. We got KJ Bolden, Ellis Robinson, Edric Houston, Nathaniel Frazier, Peyton Woodyard, and Casey Poe coming in. Let's start at the top with KJ Bolden. Now, KJ's coming off of a great official visit to Ohio State. Sam, do you feel like Alabama's kind of in a position here where they got ground to make up on KJ? Yeah, um, well, we know that Georgia and Ohio State have built a really strong foundation with the elite safety. He's from Buford, Georgia. Um, Clemson has also gotten him on campus, but um, he's, he's saved this Alabama visit for last. This is a really big weekend for Alabama, as you alluded to, and this will be a good chance for them to stay in this race, keep pace with the aforementioned Georgias and Ohio States of the world. Yeah, and don't forget Clemson, they're in there as well. I just kind of feel like Alabama, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say I'm counting them out here, but I think they got a little bit of ground to make up. Ellis Robinson coming in. He's been taking some official visits. He's a committed to Georgia, five-star cornerback. I don't expect him to flip, but he is gonna take this trip to Tuscaloosa this weekend. Edric Houston, another one of the Buford boys. He's coming off of a great visit to Ohio State. There's a ton of momentum coming right now. Sam. The Buford boys seem to be trending away from the SEC programs and maybe towards Ohio State. What do you think of Edric Houston's recruitment? Yeah, well, this is a little bit different than K.J. Bolden's. Um, that Ohio State visit really moved the needle with the elite defensive linemen. Now, again, Alabama find it, Alabama's been in the mix with Edric Houston. Um, we know that they've, they've been one of the top two or three teams. But now it looks, again, like they're going to have to play catch-up this weekend getting the Buford defensive linemen on campus. Can the same be said for the next guy on the list, running back Nathaniel Frazier? He's on three's number one overall running back. And last weekend, he was in Athens. Well, we know that Alabama is looking to lock in their running back for this 2024 cycle. Last weekend, they got their top target from Mississippi, Daniel Hill, on campus. Um, have been turning up the heat on him in a big way. And now they'll get on three's number one running back in the country, Nathaniel Frazier, on campus. Um, the RPM is already trending toward the tide, so don't be surprised if this weekend the tide can actually seal the deal with Frazier as opposed to uh, making up ground in this particular situation. Yeah, and then next up on the list, we got Peyton Woodyard. He's a four-star safety committed to Georgia. I feel like if Alabama is going to flip one of these DBs, I think they have a much better shot at Peyton Woodyard. Seems to be a little bit more open than an Ellis Robinson. Then we move down to interior offensive lineman Casey Poe, the number five ranked interior lineman. And he's out of the state of Texas. Sam, how's Alabama sitting for this one? Yeah, Casey Poe has been everywhere this spring and again this summer. He's, this is about to be his fifth official visit. He's been to Georgia. He's been to Clemson. He's been to Texas Tech. He's been to Auburn. And in between his Auburn and Alabama OVs, he squeezed in unofficials to Oklahoma and then to LSU. He's going to take his final OV to Alabama. And I like where the tide sits with a nation's mm. number one interior offensive lineman. He's set to make his decision in a few weeks on July 12th. I think the Tide has a chance to kind of cement themselves team to beat going into that decision date. 
All right, from Tuscaloosa to Athens, Georgia. Key Georgia official visits, some number one prospects at their position, of course. You got linebacker Justin Williams. Offensive tackle Brandon Baker is the number one offensive tackle in America. Defensive lineman Joseph Jonah Ajanye coming in from the state of Texas. And also offensive tackle Michael Uini. All right, so let's start here at the top with Justin Williams, the number one linebacker in America. Sam, he was at Oregon last weekend, and it seems like the Ducks have a lot of traction with them. Do you think that Georgia also sits in a good position? Yeah, this is going to be Williams' second visit to Athens in as many months. Um, last month, he, he took his first visit out for the for the scavenger hunt. He really hit it off with Kirby Smart. Um, like you said, he was just in Oregon. Oregon has been trending with Williams, the number one linebacker in the on 300 since last fall. Dan Lanning is also leading the charge for the elite linebacker. But Georgia is probably his number two team right now. And this weekend on an official visit with his teammate, as you mentioned, Joseph Jonah Ajanye, it's a great chance for Georgia to continue to kind of hammer away and close the gap with the elite linebacker from Texas. Yeah, and then they get the number one offensive tackle on America on campus, Brandon Baker. Rusty Mansell was on the show earlier this week, and he said that the offensive trenches are where Georgia needs to put their priorities at, and look at who they get on campus. Number one offensive tackle in America, who, by the way, is trending heavily to Oregon right now on the recruiting prediction machine. But really, this is Oregon, USC, and I'm thinking that after this weekend, Georgia will also be a player for Brandon Baker. All right, now let's go to somebody that UJ is trending heavily for, and that's defensive lineman Joseph Jonah Ajanye out of the state of Texas. He's top 50 right now, but I think when it's all said and done, he could very well be borderline five-star. UGA trending on the recruiting prediction machine at 96%. Sam, you've covered a lot of this recruitment. Do you think there's a possibility JoJo ends it today? Or this weekend, I should say. This weekend, sorry. Sure, I don't I don't think he's going to make a decision before he gets to Athens, but I can tell you this, he made he made his first visit to Georgia last month and and the excitement level going into that visit um, I think it was actually matched by actually meeting Kirby Smart and Travion Scott, Georgia's defensive line coach in person. Um, Oklahoma has been out in front in Joseph Jonah Ajanye's recruitment for some time. He's visited Oklahoma more than any other school, and he was just at Oklahoma for their Champion barbecue last weekend. I think that gave him a lot to think about. But there's a lot of momentum for Georgia and Joseph Jonah Ajanye um, going into this visit. I would not be surprised if they turn the heat up on, on JoJo. Um, and as the RPM suggests, that the dogs are out in front in a big way, the way they've turned up the heat this summer in particular. So a good official visit could certainly lead to some fireworks for the elite defensive linemen. Yeah, and then finally in Athens, offensive tackle Michael Uini. He is a monster at 6'7", 275. He's trending heavily towards Michigan. He took an official visit there, and right now it looks like 95% of the picks are headed in Michigan's way. But remember Nair Daniels was on campus last, last weekend, another 6'7", OT prospect. And it looks like now Georgia's trending for him. So let's see what happens with Michael Uini. As Rusty said, it's a priority position. So we'll see. All right. Sam, it's time to go down to Coral Gables, right? Miami official visit weekend. You got five-star plus wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, number one wide receiver in America. Tight end Caleb Odom. He's taken his final official visit of the summer. Safety Jalen Hayward, who's committed to Georgia. Four-star edge Marquise Lightfoot will be in town. Interior offensive lineman Isidre Afua is coming in from Seattle, Washington. And then you have... Miami commitment, four-star wide receiver Chance Robinson. 
All right, let's go from the top. You got Jeremiah Smith. This is the most anticipated visit maybe of the summer for the Miami Hurricanes. Jeremiah Smith committed to Ohio State. You guys know the deal, but he's taking visits. He went to Ohio State last weekend. He was at FSU. He actually canceled his Penn State visit to go to Miami this weekend. Kind of, I don't know what that means because Jeremiah Smith is ultimately committed to Ohio State. Although, Sam, he has said he's going to make a December final decision. We love those commitments that are making final decisions. All right, let's move on to four-star tight end Caleb Odom. This is his final official visit of the summer. He's taken trips to Alabama, UF, Auburn, and A&M. Sam, I know you've put in a pick for Caleb Odom. Explain his recruitment and where you think he's headed. For, for much of Caleb Odom's recruitment, it's been about the SEC, Ole Miss, and Alabama. And for much of the spring, you could even say that the Rebels might have been out in front. Um, I put a pick in for Alabama. I'm told that they made a significant move once they got Odom on campus. But he's going to head to Miami. Um, NIL could be a potential factor, and we know that the Hurricanes have knocked it out of the park in that area before. So this is a visit to watch, but I like my pick for Alabama. Up next on the list, Miami is going to be hosting an interior offensive lineman from Seattle, Washington, Asendre Afua. He'll be on campus. Kind of a quiet recruitment so far, but he's been to A&M. He's been to Utah. This weekend, he'll be in Coral Gables. Think there's still a connection with Mario Cristobal and the Polynesian athletes from his time at Oregon. So I do believe that they have a good shot here. Wide receiver Chance Robinson will also be on campus. He's committed to Miami, but UF Penn State have been aggressively trying to flip him. All right, that's what's happening in Coral Gables. Sam, what's your general take on this weekend? What visit weekend intrigues you the most? Yeah, you and I have talked about this. The second half of June have been some of the biggest recruiting weekends of the summer. Um, this week, I have my eye on the Texas Longhorns. Um, I know that they're going to be talked on in the inside scoop, but I think we're going to see a lot of members of uh, this official visit group fit in Texas's 2024 class. We're looking at guys like Kobe Black and Selman Bridges and Corey and Gibson all possibly making summer decisions. I like where Texas stands getting that final visit of the summer. Um, they're also going to have five-star plus edge Colin Simmons. No one knows an exact timeline for when the number one edge in the country is going to commit. Um, ultimately, I think it's going to be hard to, to pull him out of state, and, and the Longhorns have a leg up, especially going into this weekend. Yeah, we're going to talk with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas more about that. And I, I'm probably most intrigued by Georgia's official visit weekend. I just think having those number one players at their position, I mean, this is how Georgia kind of builds themselves and separates themselves from the pack. You see guys like Joseph Jonah Ajanye, Brandon Baker, Justin Williams. I think that they can add these pieces. I don't know if they commit this weekend, but I do think there is a big visit weekend happening in Athens. So we'll cover that on Monday. Sam? We got a lot to talk about on Monday. Get your rest this weekend like I'm sure you will, right? Yeah, I'll be resting out of Future 50. I'll just be snoozing the whole time. Yep, that's it. All right, see you Monday. Thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop. The Texas Longhorns are just under 48 hours away from hosting one of the biggest recruiting weekends in the country. They're expected to host about 20 official visitors this weekend. So let's bring on Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas to discuss. And before we get to the biggest visitor of the weekend, five-star plus edge Colin Simmons, Jerry, we got to talk about five-star Micah Hudson. Yeah. Why? Been, oh, <laughs> why, Jeff? Here's why. Because you've been coming on this show for the entire offseason, 
And Texas fans have been coming for me in the comments section of these videos for even entertaining the idea that Texas Tech could be in a good spot for the number one wide receiver in the state of Texas, Micah Hudson. And yesterday, Inside Texas put out the news that Hudson would not be on campus this weekend for his much-anticipated official visit. And then to pour salt in the wound, Jerry, you predicted him to Texas Tech. Life comes at you fast in recruiting. Jerry, what is happening here with Texas and Micah Hudson? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Micah made an unofficial visit to Texas last week before he made the official visit to Texas Tech. So, Josh, that's always somewhat of a trigger that, okay, Texas is trying to get him on campus before he goes to Tech. There's a reason for that. And normally that's not a great reason. If, if you're very confident in where you stand with a prospect, you're, you're good rolling into that 20, June 23rd official visit the week after Texas Tech. That wasn't the case. Leaving that visit, I was told by source that they felt like it was 50-50. So if you're leaving Texas and the feeling is it's 50-50, that's pretty good news for Texas Tech heading into the official visit weekend. Then after the official visit to Texas Tech, Josh Hudson's mom texted me Monday, said, yeah, visit's still on, unofficial to A&M Thursday before he's at plays for uh, his high school team at the state seven on seven in College Station. Then official visit, him and the mom were going to make the official visit to Texas Saturday, Sunday after state seven on seven. Well, then yesterday the mom uh, uh, let us know that uh, she had canceled the official visit to Texas wow. this weekend. So. I immediately go to the on three RPM and uh, put the pick in because he's taken one official visit. Um, and I don't think this recruitment's going on a lot longer. We'll see. Wow. Wow. So <laughs> the official visit is not going to be used this weekend, which, okay, it doesn't bode well for Texas because it was scheduled and Hudson and his family canceled it. But that does mean that Texas still has it. So even if, Micah Hudson goes and commits to Texas Tech, say, this weekend or, you know, in the month of July. I was looking at Texas's schedule, and in late November, they host Texas Tech at home. Do you think that down the road, because I know Texas fans are kind of still licking their wounds from this, but do you think down the road that official visit gets used maybe for that weekend? Oh, well, Texas, you know, one thing about Steve Sarkeesian, I've kind of used the term recruit through the whistle. You know, we ask players to play through the whistle. we <laughs> got to ask coaches to recruit through the whistle. Um, one thing Sarkeesian and his staff have shown is they recruit through the whistle. You take Go back to Kelvin Banks' recruitment two years ago, uh, who was a five-star offensive tackle. He committed to Oregon. Really surprised A&M and Texas both with the Oregon choice. Uh, Texas stayed on him, and they stayed on him enough to be in a position – they already had some things working with Kelvin Bakes, but they were in a position then when Mario Cristobal accepted the Miami job, that kid committed to Texas within three or four days. Mm -hmm. So Texas won't give up. Uh, the only way they would walk away from Micah Hudson if, if, if they feel their wide receiver needs, which I'm sure is something we're going to talk about shortly. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's get right into it. Okay, let's put Micah <laughs> Hudson aside because we do think they're going to double back on him at some point. But for now... Who jumps into the priority spot at the wide receiver position if Hudson is, let's say, temporarily out of the picture? Yeah, I think the top two headed into last weekend when Hudson visited Tech was Ryan Wingo and Micah Hudson. And Ryan Wingo was on campus 
in Austin last weekend for his official visit. And, you know, the news we've got out uh, of Austin since that visit is Texas thinks they have a puncher's chance there. He mm -hmm. was hosted by Arch Manning, right? Um, I don't think you use Arch Manning as a host on a wide receiver unless you think you have a realistic chance and he's a guy that you're all in for. So we're, we're, we're watching Wingo. He's at Missouri this weekend. He's visited Georgia. He's visited Michigan. Uh, so we'll see which way that goes. I mean, that's not a bad guy to ho have host Ryan Wingo, especially considering Arch Manning picked Texas over Georgia uh, last re recruiting cycle. So, so we'll see what happens. They got four-star Freddie DeBose, who's an mm -hmm. upside freak athlete guy, towards ACL Mistis Jr. He committed on Monday. So they have one four-star receiver in the in the fold. Then Parker Livingstone, a four-star out of uh, Lovejoy up in the DFW area. He's visiting this weekend. I think he makes an early July decision that favors Texas. And then watched out for Terry Bussey. Terry Bussey, Texas recruited as an athlete, uh, five-star number 17 in the country in the on-three industry ranking. Texas was recruiting him as an athlete. They've switched to recruit him as a slot receiver. So is that the guy that it could really, if Texas can make a run there and get that kind of race past Texas A&M, who I think is the favorite for Bussy, could that be the potential replacement? Could that fill up the wide receiver class? We'll have to see. Uh, we don't know when Bussy's going to make a decision. He was at LSU yesterday unofficially. He's at Texas this weekend. He was at Oklahoma last weekend. A&M's been pushing for that late July or in-season mm -hmm. visit. So we'll see when Bussy makes a decision. Hey, not a bad consolation gift if you can land the number four ranked athlete in the country who is absolutely electric. All right, yes. let's let's move on to another big time visitor that's going to be in Austin this weekend. He comes out of the state of Louisiana. He's five star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley. And I bring him up knowing that Texas has some work to do heading into this visit. But knowing that LSU missed out on six of the top 10 ranked recruits in the state of Louisiana last year. You got to think Dominic McKinley, who's the number one recruit in the 24 class out of the state of Louisiana. You got to think that Texas has a shot here. What are your sources saying as he heads into this big visit weekend? Yeah, I think it's a great point, Josh. Um, that, that Kids left the state of Louisiana last year, right? Um, and because Brian Kelly maybe wasn't the sexiest or most popular hire, right? But then he goes and beats Alabama and gets to the SEC title game in year one. So things have changed. Let's say let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, Texas had a lot of success in Louisiana. I mean, when Steve Sarkeesian hired the staff, he hired a staff built to recruit Louisiana. Terry Joseph, Bo Davis, Brandon Harris as a director of recruiting. Uh, they had they had other guys on staff at the time as well. They have a lot of time spent and a lot of years in relationships in the state of Louisiana, obviously. And getting Arch Manning, Derek Williams, and those guys in the class last year really helps you in the state. On Dominic McKinley, uh, it's very interesting recruitment. He's, he's a little more quiet than a lot of guys. He's mm -hmm. not out there on social media as much. He doesn't do as many in-depth interviews. Uh, the one thing, the constant I keep hearing in regard to his recruitment, Josh, we'll see if it plays out as – Parents being able to get in the car and drive to his college destination. So that would put LSU, Texas, and Texas A&M as the schools that are most likely uh, that you're going to get in the car and drive to. I know they like Oklahoma. They were back there this last weekend, visited Ohio State uh, June 2nd through 4th. Then we're at A&M the 9th through 11th, and now Texas. Alabama, LSU are pushing for those fall in-season visits. That's another thing is how long is this recruitment going to play out? But I can tell you this, the, co the communication from McKinley uh, and the family with Texas has been very consistent. 
the whole month of June leading into this official visit this weekend. Uh, the academic piece could help Texas there a little bit. We'll have to see how much. All right, Jerry, I'm looking at the visitor list. There's 20 recruits coming in. And one of the common themes that, I've, that I see is there is going to be a heavy presence of IMG Academy prospects yeah. in Austin this week. And looking at who's going to be there, four-star running back Jarrett Gibson, four-star safety Jordan Johnson Rebel, four-star D lineman TJ Lindsay, and four-star defensive lineman Jaden Jackson, all great players. Who do you think among this group Texas has the best shot at? Yeah, and by, by the way, Josh, that's new for Texas fans. They're not accustomed to being in on a lot of IMG guys and actually having a chance to get them. I think the move to the SEC is impactful for Texas mm -hmm. recruiting in the state of Florida and IMG. Now, Jordan Johnson Rebel, I believe Texas has a big lead for, but he's originally from Fort Worth Brewer. So he's a Texas kid uh, from the DFW area. Um, he'll be making his official visit, obviously, and he's best friends with Corey and Gibson from Lancaster. They mm -hmm. both grew up in Fort Worth together. The, the moms are very close. So I think Texas is in a pretty good spot with Jordan Johnson Rebel. Jarrett Gibson, look, Texas has been the odds-on favorite for a long time. Texas only bringing in two running backs for official visits in June. That means Tashar Choice is pretty dang confident in Tristan Clark and Jarrett Gibson. Miami made a big run. Tennessee made a big push last weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll see where this one goes. But Texas has been a heavy favorite for a while. Jaden Jackson, look, a lot of people just think he's automatically going to go to Ohio State from Brownsburg, Indiana. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was told by somebody close to the IMG program heading into June that Texas and Ohio State and Miami, it could have go any of those directions. And Ohio State obviously made their big push the 9th through 11th in Miami last weekend. Texas gets assuming uh, it sounds like the last official visit in June. He went to Florida June 2nd through 4th. But I think Texas has more than a puncher's chance uh, with Jaden Jackson. One thing Texas has going for him on D-line in this cycle is they're probably going to lose three guys, Josh, three to top four in the rotation. And, and, and Jaden Jackson is an early enrollee. Um, mm -hmm. TJ Lindsay's an early enrollee. Some of these guys that visited last weekend for Texas were early enrollees. So there's a chance there to get signed three or four really good defensive linemen. I think of those IMG guys, TJ Lindsay probably is the longest shot for Texas headed into the weekend. I think that's A&M over Miami right now. All right, Jerry, it's time. Texas fans are here. They want to know yeah. about five-star plus edge Colin yeah. Simmons out of Duncanville High School right there in the state of Texas. Heading into this visit, what are your sources saying? Yeah, look, if there's one must-get recruit for Texas in the cycle, it's Colin Simmons, number one edge prospect out of the powerhouse Duncanville. Uh, look, everything we I'm hearing is the same as I have been hearing. LSU, Texas. I mean, I know Miami made a run. They're catching some run there. Mm -hmm. But everything, the one thing that's been consistent throughout this process is Colin has very high percentage chance he's going to play in the SEC. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, closeness to home, being close to mom, little brother, are going to be key factors in this recruitment. Now, everything I'm hearing continues to trend towards Texas and LSU as the top two. We'll see if that holds. I mean, Colin Simmons, one thing I appreciate, and I love Colin, he is street smart for days. He is, understands social media. He understands the recruiting process for kids nowadays, and he has a, a lot of fun to cover. He's going to keep people guessing and wondering. I still think at the end of the day, Josh, this is going to come down to the two schools that he told y'all when he was in Nashville for the on three uh, NIL elite series. Uh, LSU and Texas were the top two. I still think that's where it's coming down to at the end of the day. Texas is going to get their shot at him this week. And Jerry, before we get out of here, Let's give Texas fans some good news. Who do you have on commit watch heading into the weekend? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Will they commit somebody commit Saturday or Sunday? Or will it be in the days after? I think the first week in July is going to be a lot of guys off the board nationally, no right? Daniel Cruz from Richland, who uh, I think the industry rankings are starting to kind of adjust to where college coaches see him. He's up to the top inside the top 200 now, one of the top center prospects in the country. He's been a Texas lean for a long time. He went to Ohio State June 2nd through 4th. Then he was at A&M and Oklahoma last weekend. They brought in Creed Humphrey. Oklahoma did a great job trying to close the gap on Texas. I'll be surprised if that doesn't go Texas way. I've had an RPM for – I can't even remember since the kid was in eighth grade for Texas, <laughs> it feels like. So I'll stick with that until I'm proven wrong. Um, and then, look, I, quickly after, I could see Alex January, defensive lineman at Duncanville. Uh, at Texas, LSU are the top two there. His father, Mike January, played at Texas. Um, family has season tickets to Texas games. I could see that one coming off the board sometime in Texas uh, favor. So I, I, how many guys are going to commit this weekend? Look, there's always surprises, right? Santana Wilson came in and committed to Texas last yeah. weekend. Um, but I think Daniel Cruz is the best bet. Uh, could a kid like Makai Saina, the offensive lineman out of Arlington Martin, he's been the AM, he's been the USC, and he's got Texas. We'll see what happens there. Well, it would be a big pickup. Daniel Cruz is somebody that you've come on this show multiple times and said one is one of the biggest priorities in this class. So, Jerry, we only hit on about 50% of the guys coming in. So, if you want more, go to Inside Texas. You guys are going to have it covered all weekend. Jerry Hamilton, thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop. You got it, Josh. The Florida Gators put on a show over the last week, landing seven new commitments and marching up the recruiting rankings. The Gators currently hold the number two ranked class in the on three industry rankings. Let's bring on Gators online publisher, Corey Bender. Corey, what do you credit this recent burst in recruiting for UF? What, what kind of set all this in motion? I would think right now, I just think it's the timing of these visits because I think in week one, in the first week of June, you see a lot of schools load up with visitors. And I, and I get it. You want to you want to come out the gate. You want to make a strong first impression and kind of set the bar. But at the same time, you don't often see kids commit, you know, during that first week of official visits, especially when you're dealing with schools like Florida, LSU. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of these high major kids treat like a business decision. So a lot of these kids want to compare the schools, the pros and cons, and and then after that, maybe at the end of June, make a decision. So with a lot of these kids that went to Florida, like Amir Jackson, um, you know, we, we put in a pick for him about two weeks ago. We were leaning towards Florida when he got there. I think for his instance, I think it was just the timing. He wanted to go there, just make sure it was the right decision. But I also think, too, you see that and you see other kids um, making the decision, too. Like on Saturday, a lot of these kids that committed was actually at Spurrier's restaurant. It was actually in front of all the – the parents, the coaching staff. It was kind of like a little mini party. So a few kids stood up on the stage with their microphone and a lot of, it was just a big moment. And you saw other kids starting to recruit other kids that are leaning towards Florida. So I just think right now, Florida, um, the one thing you hear from a lot of people is the word genuine. You hear home-like feel. A lot of like the staff does a great job of really kind of bringing you in as like a second family. I think everyone knows the results of the field is going to be a work in progress for Florida. But the one thing they do a good job of is kind of, you know, having that family away from the football field. And that's really resonated with a lot of top kids. Yeah, you hit on it, man. It was a big Saturday, but kind of the icing on the cake came on Monday evening when four star Jamonta Waller, the linebacker out of Mississippi, announced his commitment to the Gators. Now, when he left campus, there was a buzz going around, but it, and it kept getting louder and louder as the hours went on. Corey, what do you think sealed the deal on his trip to Gainesville? 
And yeah, this is go off what you said too. He wasn't planning on making a decision. He was a kid that wanted to kind of do it later in the summer, take some more visits, but it was kind of having, they always say visit high, but I think it was all that the other kids announcing and a lot, just kind of being in that moment, just seeing the family come together, like, you know, four kids in one day or three kids, not counting him. And just kind of seeing the celebration. The one thing he did mention was Florida treat him like, like he was the biggest priority on the board defensively. Mm. I mean, other schools, you had Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, a lot of schools in the mix for him, but Florida really went out of their way, really rolled out the red carpet and kind of expressed to him, you know, their history with the edge position. They've had a lot of a big time players that have kind of played that role in Gainesville and they're kind of lacking the uh, depth at that position as well. So, when you when you look at his, when you look at Waller's stats, there's not many kids that have a better stat line with him um, overall the course of his junior year. I think the biggest thing for him is what role is he going to play in Gainesville? Is it more of a traditional linebacker? Is he going to be more of a jack, which is the edge position at Florida? So I think overall the mixture, the on-field fit, and you know, obviously feeling like a major priority and having that home-like feel. Um, and that was kind of you know rubbed off on his parents as well. So I think when they got there, they saw a, a – like kind of like a home away from home, a second family. And, you know, they went home, thought about it. And I think it was at 4 a.m. is when he said he woke up and he said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So Florida knocked it out of the park with him and sealed the deal. They absolutely did. And Jamonta Waller's commitment boosted UF into that number two spot. And one of the more impressive things about the commit list when you look at it is the needs that have been filled. You got DJ Lagway at quarterback. They've done an great job of landing linebackers they started to fill the needs of the defensive line so moving forward now that you know Florida is in the number two spot what do you think is the most important need that still needs to be filled by the UF staff yeah I mean just last week I would have said offensive line they really needed some kind of high profile names in the trench especially when you have a big quarterback like DJ Lagway coming but they got that. They got three commitments. I still think they could use another high-profile name, maybe on three or top 100 guy. But right now, I think as the board looks, I think it's cornerback. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think at safety, you got Xavier feels same. You got Josiah Davis. You, you're doing good at safety, but I think cornerback, obviously with Corey Raymond, you don't have a cornerback committed right now. But thankfully for them, they're in the mix for a lot of guys. I mean, Jamari Howard is arguably at the top of the board. He was supposed to officially visit this summer. Kind of had some mix-up with his plans. So, obviously, he's at the top of the board. You obviously have Teddy Foster, who's an emerging kid out of Sarasota. Then I think two other names have mentioned, obviously, is Zane Mincy, who is, you know, over here in Daytona Beach, and Jameer Grimsley at Tampa Catholic. So, all four of those guys are in-state targets. They're all blue chippers other than Foster, but he's a guy who could rise in the rankings. So, I think sooner than later, they'll fill that need. And uh, once they do, I think it'll be one of their top targets. And as I always tell Florida fans, uh, you know, that Corey Raymond effect is – Definitely very present in this cycle. A lot of kids are raving about the opportunity to play for him. Yeah, give him time, let him cook. He'll get his guys. Um, the Gators are on the hunt still, though, and they are targeting a couple flip targets, mainly TJ Abrams at Florida State, wide receiver, and Miami wide receiver commitment Chance Robinson. They've hosted both on visits this summer. Which do you think right now UF stands in a better shot to land, or hey, do you think they get both? It's a good question, man. So both of these guys are visiting the school they're committed to this weekend. So Abrams is taking his OV to FSU, and Robinson's going to Coral Gables for his OV. And I kind of told people that over the weekend, people thought Abrams might flip. I said, I don't think so with the FSU visit. If you're committed to a school, you probably want to hear out what they have to say as well. I would say right now, I would say slightly Robinson, just because that relationship has been stronger over the past year. Um, he got offered in the early part of this year. 
you know, Billy Gonzalez, David Doker, Billy Napier. He has relationships with the whole staff, and he really loves it at Florida. There's part of me thought he might flip when he took his OV in June, but he's still kind of going through the process. I think his recruitment is a little bit more open than Abrams right now. Mm-hmm. However, Abrams did tell us if he was to flip to another school, this is about a few weeks ago, it would definitely be Florida. So you know right there, it's like, you know, Florida's kind of like that number two school for him. It's just, I think this, it's going to be all about this weekend and what the Seminoles have to show him. But I think his overall interest and consistency, I think Florida's in a better spot with Chance Robinson. I think they've kind of made more, uh, made up more ground with him than Abrams over the past few weeks. All right. Well, 4th of July is right around the corner. And I know you and I, as recruiting writers, we like to kind of take some time off on the on the holiday, but recruits see it much differently. We know that they like to announce around that time. So what recruits are you tracking that UF fans should keep on their radar? Yeah, I think overall there's a there's a good amount of guys. I think, you know, Fletcher Westfall is one of them. He's a six eight offensive tackle priority guy. I would say Florida's probably in the top three for him, so that's an important one. You got Kendall Jackson, a local product out of Buholtz, who's an edge target, a four star kid. It's down to them in Kentucky. Florida's been trending for a while, so that's a kid Florida fans definitely want to monitor. And three others are Ty Hilton out of uh, Oviedo, offensive tackle. Justin Denson, who's a you know emerging guy out of Rhode Island. I think Probably Florida and Alabama are in the best spot for him, Oklahoma. And uh, two other ones I will mention, Josh, I know you said July, but they're at the very end of June. Ethan Calloway's on June 30th, and Jerry Hawkins is late June as well. So I think right now, like, Florida fans are at the edge of their seats. They're happy. It's been an amazing run, but I don't think we're done yet. You know what I mean? I think overall, um, I mean, you have Friday Night Lights this weekend, and then July 29th, they have a recruiting barbecue. So I think right now it's just about keeping the guys intact. I think you have to be overly pleased with what you've been doing, but – now it's the same thing I kind of said with Kelby Collins last cycle, you know, because Alabama was always a threat. Now you got to recruit some of these guys like they're not committed. Keep your foot on the gas pedal, you know, keep, you know, wine and dining, whatever you have to do to keep them on board and, you know, just do your – I mean, I think, it's, like as we mentioned at the top of the call, I think a lot of it's going to be momentum and kind of how the season plays out. You know, that's where we're kind of – that's where we're really going to see how strong these commitments really are. Well, you said what fans want to hear, and that is not done yet. That's awesome, Corey. Thank you for stopping by the Inside Scoop, talking about the hottest team on the recruiting trail right now, the Florida Gators. We're talking big visit weekend, so let's head to Columbia, South Carolina, where the Gamecocks are hosting on three's number one overall recruit, Dylan Stewart. Let's bring on Wes Mitchell of Gamecock Central. All right. Before we get to Dylan Stewart, though, South Carolina is currently sitting at number eight in the on three industry team rankings. Wes, they were up inside the top five during the spring. What does South Carolina need to do right now to get some of that momentum back? Well, Dylan Stewart would be a good start, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think you look at what's happened now, and they, they these things kind of go in waves, I think. And South Carolina had their wave where they were landing a bunch of guys. And then some of these other teams that were behind them, uh, you know, you look at Florida, I think they've got, I don't know, five commits or something this week. They've, Seven, they've hit on a bunch counting. of guys. Seven. Okay, there you go. Um, but uh, so other schools have kind of just passed them, um, and Carolina maybe needs to. It's not that they've missed on many guys. It's just they've got to find uh, their next stretch. I think where they're able to, to land some guys. And so, you know, you circle this weekend. This is the the third of what are three big official visit weekends for mm-hmm. them in June. And um, I mean, four of their really just massive top of the board type targets um you know are out there left as well as hey you got uh, eight committed guys uh, who are coming in for their official visits as well 
Yeah. So if Dylan Stewart's the most important recruit on the defensive side of the ball, I want to talk about one of the most important recruits for South Carolina on the offensive side of the ball. This weekend, number seven ranked athlete Daniel Hill is coming to town. Wes, it's a close battle right now on the recruiting prediction machine between Bama and South Carolina. What are your sources saying about where South Carolina stands with Hill coming into this weekend? You know, we have thought for some time that South Carolina is the favorite here. And I, I think it's kind of a, a situation, a classic situation, where it seems like Bama maybe feels pretty good. South Carolina feels pretty good as well. And uh, he was just on his official visit to Alabama this past weekend. Official visit coming up, obviously, like you said, to South Carolina this weekend. And, uh, you know, it, it's a true battle. He has been a top target for South Carolina for quite some time. Like you said, listed as a number seven athlete. The Gamecocks want him as a running back all the way. That's a position of need for them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they want to take two backs, but certainly he has kind of emerged as that top priority target for him. Uh, Monterio, Monterio Hardesty and Jody Wright have sort of uh, tag-teamed his recruitment. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Gamecocks go into this weekend hoping that they can get Hill to kind of lock in and complete his recruiting process because he's one that's talked about, do I do it in the summer? Do I wait it out, take some visits in the fall? If you're the Gamecocks, you want him to go ahead and lock this thing in within the next month or so. Yeah, that would sure get the momentum going again. So let's talk about the big weekend. It's here. Five-star plus edge Dylan Stewart will be in town for his official visit. Wes, what does South Carolina need to do for this to be considered a successful official visit? You know, I think first of all, you want to let him spend as much time around his potential future teammates as possible. You go back, I think we talked about it on the show last time, sort of the Nicholas Harbor blueprint was to get a guy who is from out of state, obviously from nowhere near South Carolina, as comfortable around other players at South Carolina as possible. And that was a big deciding factor with Harbor. You look at Stewart, he's been on campus, I think it's seven times now. Mm -hmm. So he's seen the facilities. He's seen the stadium. He knows what defense they're going to run. All that other stuff you talk about, I don't even know if it matters at this point. This is about, I think, locking it into his brain that, hey, I'm most comfortable at South Carolina. Uh, this is where I see myself, and uh, this is kind of where the best fit is. So I, I think if you're South Carolina, you're not holding anything back this weekend, but you also are going to have to get a little bit creative, right, because he's already seen a good bit of, of what you have to offer. So um, – I don't know. Maybe you have um, maybe Clowney calls in or something. I, I don't know. But you're going to have this is the time to get creative yeah. and uh, really sort of lock in on letting Dylan Stewart see exactly that vision of what his career might look like at South Carolina. Hey, if you're going to bring out the big guns, this is the weekend to do it. All right. I don't really want to ask you this, but I know the South Carolina fans watching want me to. I'm lying. I really want to ask you this question. Is there any chance that Dylan Stewart commits while on campus this weekend? I, you know, I don't think you can completely rule it out. Like, if, if I'm putting percentages on it, I don't think it's a very high percentage. He mm -hmm. has seemed to kind of, at least at this point, uh, want to kind of run the full race, so to speak. So my prediction would be that he won't. But um, – I don't know if you can completely rule it out either. So that that's my somewhat trying to give you an answer while also dodging the question. Um, but I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we'll give the people what they want and put in an RPM prediction for the Gamecocks with Stewart this Babe, weekend. That would almost be just That's good. halfway there. All right. Yeah. Speaking of commitments, who do fans need to have on commit watch this weekend? Give me your bold prediction. 
Yeah, I'll give you my non-bold one first. So uh, David Boosie from uh, Savannah, he has already said on the record, basically if everything checks out, that um, you know he's probably going to commit to South Carolina. So that that's an easy one. Yeah, I I think Jonathan Paler probably leaves this weekend. Maybe not publicly committed, but I, I think South Carolina will be in a good place to land his commitment soon. He said for some time that they are his leader. So I I kind of look at it in in order. You know, he would be next most likely. And then Daniel Hill is the one I kind of go back and forth on. I could see South Carolina putting themselves in a position to go ahead and get him on the commitment list this weekend. Um, I'm not quite at the point of predicting it, but I, I think there's a there's a better chance of it happening with him, certainly, than maybe you would say with, with a Dylan Stewart, who I, I tend to think is going to sort of draw this process out and, and just work through the entire thing. So we'll see. I, I think if you're, if you're a Gamecock fan, you could see two – maybe three in the sort of days and weeks following this weekend. Because you know you got to go home and get a commit graphic made, right? Like nobody actually commits on the weekend anymore. Very rare these days. But look. So we'll see, guys. I, I think uh, I think it'll be a big weekend either way. Yeah, I think the weekend is going to be good for sure, has potential to be great, and if all things go right, it could be a historic one for the Gamecocks. We'll be watching. We'll be plugged into Gamecock Central all weekend long. Thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop, Wes. All right, sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me, and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.